just to have Doug Ruffit, which we'll probably learn more about with our guest. Uh, we get to do it in luxury style. So, um, hey, very good afternoon to you, ladies and gentlemen. Well, as I promised this morning, we are going to start yeah. our biosecurity session. So, this is the call for those of you in group number one. Group number one and one only. If you please head down to Deck 5 lobby and start the biosecurity process. Uh, all the other groups, we will call you as time permits. So if you are group number one, please head down to the Deck 5 lobby and we'll start your biosecurity. The rest of you, please just stand by around the ship and we'll give you a call once we are ready for you. Thank you very much. So that was um, actually uh, a biosecurity protocol that all arriving vessels have to do. So you will learn about that in um, this uh, extra special episode of Rio. My name is Marcel Liechtenstein. I'm from Costa Rica. I'm a naturalist and an astronomer. And um, I'm, I'm working here in the um, Silver Cloud, uh, guiding you all the way down to the White Continent and following the eclipse. No, but I've been doing astronomy all my life and so I've been following the subject quite a bit. Is, is, natural, is natural something that you've been... Is a naturalist is a very complex thing. The uh, Depends what you read, but uh, a naturalist um, is basically a nature junkie that studies nature. And uh, in my case, I study nature from krill all the way up to the stars. Wow, that's, that's quite, that's quite... That's, that's a broad, broad thing. The more you know an ecosystem and its environments, the better you can understand the creatures within them. So it's a constant study and there's so many things getting um, discovered and uh, re-evaluated throughout time, so... It's a it's a never stopping uh, discipline. So that's that's I, I suppose in general sort of like the evolution, not just of the evolution of the species upon our planet, but also the evolution of nature as a whole in regards to the evolution of planets and stars and the oceans, as well as the evolution of uh, the study itself and what we discover in the process we used to discover that. Yeah, that's right. Because a, a lot of the old beliefs are have been changing. Because of new information coming up. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So, speaking of, of new beliefs, I just I just need to 
talk about something because there are people out there, and don't, this is not my personal belief. I personally don't really have a belief system. I'm very just okay with everything. Um, there's people that try and say, and again, this is my perspective, they try and say, and this is applicable because we're going to Antarctica, they try and say that, that climate change is a natural cycle, that humans have an impact, but the impact is overstated. Uh, it is it is very clear that humans have had a, a very direct impact. I I remember when I did a six month training in a, in a national park system in Costa Rica. The moment I came back into the city, everything had a smell. Everything had a noise. Everything we impact everything we do. We uh, pollute the planet with our, our existence. So basically just imagine this mic is an extension of your mouth. So if you move it here, okay. because what it does is it picks up all the sound direct, directly here. So when okay. you move here, bring the mic with you. If you turn like this, it'll, you know, you probably see on the thing, right? So uh -huh. This is me talking here like this, right? Yeah. And then if I, if I turn like this and talk, I see. Right. Yeah. So just, when you turn to talk and just bring the mic with you, it'll just help people to hear all of the words. All right. So, please, please, please spend so, um, months and, uh, yeah, um, you know, your senses get acute. You, you start hearing more. And then when you come back into the city, everything is a scandal. The, uh, the amount of noise we make, the smells, the... The asphalt road smells, the car smell, the, you know, the, and it's amazing how much uh, carbon dioxide we have put into the atmosphere on, on this last century. Right, and that, and essentially to bring it back to Antarctica and the effect mm -hmm. that we're having on the climate through the machines we've created. Uh, That's right. Yeah, com completely, completely, and uh, we have been seeing the the changes very drastically. Yes. Yes. Um, just real quick, as far as witnessing our eyes, can I just ask you a question? So out here, if you look out, we're, we're currently on the observation. Let's say maybe 40 meters above the water right now? Give or take, give or take. All right. The um, it's very interesting. We're doing biosecurity, uh, which is basically uh, vacuum cleaning any Velcro that the outside layer of the uh, travelers have, because uh, we're trying to avoid spores to make it to Antarctica. You know, seeds of other plants and stuff. The right here, what you, the phenomena you have in these waters are very interesting because uh, it is water. So it, it's not a straight line, a wall, where suddenly from this millimeter to the other one, you're, you're no longer in the Atlantic and you're in the Southern Sea. It's a mixture. But the, um, there is a, a change in temperature in the water. And uh, what we're watching here, that it's actually a shade of a cloud 
on the ocean. Th th those are the black spots or darker spots you get to see right, here and there. That darker, yeah, that's a shade of a cloud. Okay, so that's from that from the ocean. That's right. It's a shade, basically. The, uh, but it's interesting because uh, we have a little bit of wind, so we don't get to see it right now. But um, where these waters mix, you have an effect that makes fog. And sometimes if the, uh, if the conditions are right, you, we are navigating 10 hours straight into a fog. The continent is surrounded by a fog that is very thick because of the temperature changes on the water. This fog actually captures everything on the air, any spore that it will be floating or what have you, and makes it precipitate to the ocean. So this is like the natural filter of Antarctica. Surrounds 360, though, Surrounds 360 because the current, the uh, Antarctic current, goes all the way around the continent. In some areas thicker, in some areas thinner. That's right. That's right. So uh, Antarctica has. We're going to see a total solar eclipse, which we'll get to soon. But we're going to be north, way north of that fog line, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're way south, actually. So we'll be way south of the fog of that fog line. Yeah. So we're gonna be past the fog line. Yeah. So we'll already be in the super clean zone. See, see, see. Yes, I've seen people that uh, suffer from allergies, and they, uh, hey, right here. and when when they get to Antarctica, they're like, "Oh, uh, I don't have any more allergies," and it's because whatever they were allergic to no longer exists. We have a wandering albatross in front of us. I've noticed a few, a few of these yeah. guys. What's the deal with that? They, they often they just come to check out the. <laughs> That's an amazing That's bird. Cool. That thing has a wingspan that can get up to, um, you guys aren't feet or in meters? You can do either, I'll translate for people. The, meters, it's 3.5 meters, something in the vicinity, of, yeah, 50, yeah. It's, it's the largest and uh, it's an amazing bird. You might notice it doesn't move its wings. It's, it's using the airflow very efficiently. And um, these guys are birds of the sea, really. And yeah, like where, where does that thing land? The, uh, that thing will land in, in some islands but to mate. Oh, no, but this is, the, this is his office. He's, uh, he's working right now. And they can spend years on the wing. They can sleep on the wing. They can sleep on the wing. Yeah. What happens is half of their brain sleeps while the other half of the brain navigates. What you're saying is his flying is automatic, he's uh, Yes and no, because um, half of his brain uh, sleeps and the other half is navigating and thinking. Okay. Well, I mean, part, there's, that's, that's part of the brain is, is, is automates our, our respiratory system and our. our mm -hmm. and yeah. As well. I mean, there's parts of the brain that, that are automated, essentially. 
but that we you know we're not conscious of however those fire rate rate didn't work we would stop breathing that's right, right? that's right so i guess you know a creature can use its brain without being conscious of what it's using its brain for so i guess that's more specifically my question is that many creatures do this okay and the ocean for instance all the cetaceans all the whales all the whales they they actually uh, cetaceans yeah and um, you have the tooth ones and the um, baleen ones but um, they especially the tooth ones have um, and, and the baleen ones they have the same uh, thing the hemispheres are very divided one from the other and once again one sleeps while the other one is active and this has been measured otherwise they will they will, they, 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 will uh, they will just drown you know you, you cannot just fall asleep uh, sometimes when it's calm you can see them sleeping completely on the surface but uh, that that happens for a few minutes that doesn't happen for a long time so um it's this evolutionary trick that the creatures have in order to be able to to make it in these conditions oh there's a lot of whales that don't come down here but uh we have uh the, the major species that uh, we will be uh encountering is the um the humpback whale that's uh and it's it's the species that is mo most most uh curious towards humans okay oh, really? They like us. I don't know why. They they haven't. They, they don't know us. <laughs> the uh, but they're very curious. Right here, we are we are in deep ocean, and, and we're talking two thousand meters deep. Uh, the, the, this is open ocean. Yes, this is open ocean. This is as oceanic as you uh, as you can get, and. Uh, Okay. Walk, quote unquote, walk to the store to the bottom of where we're at now. How long would it take you to walk there? Okay. Let's say you're making. Let's say you're running. Okay. Okay. All right. Most people are not the uh, the bottom uh, the the bottom here is something in the vicinity of twenty blocks deep. City blocks. Twenty blocks. Yeah. That's right. And people walk a block and like, that doesn't seem that deep. Well, no, but, but. Uh, block and like, what, what's a block? Two minutes? Yes. So you yes. Walk, so it's like a 24 minute walk. That's right. But the pressure of the water increases. And um, the, here where, where in these deep waters, you, what you have down there is the favorite food of the um, of the sperm whales, which is, which is giant squid, the kraken. Okay. Yeah, but those are the baleen whales. The um, the sperm whale has big teeth, and uh, it's a, it's it's a big predator. Wait, is kraken a real name? 
Uh, no, but people can relate to the Kraken as the uh, gi giant squid, and and those things are real. And by the whalers that that hunted. So we could continue this later. That's not fortunate. Um, we, we are definitely going to continue this conversation with... Wait a second. What is this gentleman? Marcel. 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 Naturalist. Marcel. Uh, I definitely want to continue this conversation. I can't believe we had to stop. Security measures, given that we are just getting into the, the giant, the giant squid in the depths of the ocean. I mean, we're gonna have to bring it back around to, uh, you know, to land at some point. But um, for now, I guess we're just going to have to. Uh, we're just gonna have to leave it there. We're gonna have to leave it there, um, and we will be back. We will be back. Yes. Are you doing the nature observation thing, Marcel? Yes. So maybe we'll be able to continue this today. Maybe we'll have to wait till tomorrow. Um, we, uh, we shall see. And either way, thank you. Thank you for listening to part one.